What's up guys, NSG here, and we are starting a new podcast called Back It Up. I am your humble host, Christopher Smithies, and today we're going to talk about a lot. First, we're going to talk about the MLB, and really, the state of what is a mess, but it's starting to get cleaned up a bit. Also, we're going to talk about the NFL and the beginning of the season. I'm not going to mention the games that were played today. I will just give you my take on each team. And after, we'll possibly talk about some NBA and some Premier League, depending on how fast this goes. So let's get started here. So we're going to talk about the NFL and really team by team and really how I see them playing or how do I see them faring out this season in the division. So we're going to start uh, by division. We're going to start by the with the AFC East and who else but the Buffalo Bills. So looking at what the Buffalo Bills did in the offseason, they added Mario Addison they added Vernon Butler, they added Stefan Diggs, and they added EJ Gaines, who has actually opted out, so he's one of the opt-outs. Um, Quinn Jefferson on a two-year deal. AJ Klein, who's a good addition from the Carolina Panthers. Josh Norman, Andre Smith. Uh, Quinn Spain, off offensive guard, and two other offensive linemen. So I really like the Bills' chance. This is their chance to break out. With the addition of Stefan Diggs, and they already had a solid defense, this can help Josh Allen break out for a great season. I think the Buffalo Bills will finish first in their division. I think New England just with Cam Newton and with their eight opt-outs, I think they just can't overcome Buffalo's great defense matched by their offense. Stephon Diggs is going to give them a huge boost. AJ Klein is going to be a great linebacker who came from from the Carolina Panthers. Josh Norman and EJ Gaines bring some more safety, sorry, uh, more corner stability if they didn't if they needed any. So I think they definitely have the tools in this weak division to come out top. So looking at Miami Dolphins. So they had the Matt Braeda, they had the kick returner, Adam Colbert, cheap signing there. They added Eric Flowers. <laughs> Eric Flauder, Flowers, man, that's pretty bad. Camus Gruger Hill, Jordan Howard, who's a pretty good running back. Byron Jones was a big one for them. Ted Karras. Shaq Lawson will be a good run, running back. Emil Ogba, two years, $15 million, $7.5 million guaranteed. And Kyle Van Noy from New England for four years and $51 million, $30 million guaranteed. I think this team could finish second, but I have them finishing third. They're a good young team that still needs some development. Tua Devigaloa is going to need to develop a bit. And they do need to play him a bit, I think, uh, mid-season because he's been injured too long. You need to get him on the field. And you do, at the same time, you don't want him injured, but you need him on the field. So next up is the New England Patriots, the opt-out team itself. Eight players opted out from New England. And um, I'm just going to give a list here. Dante Hightower, Patrick Chun, Marcus Cannon, Brendan Bolden, fullback Danny Vitae, and Najee Tarin, Marquise Lee, and Matt Lacoste. So for New England, I still have them finishing second. And let's first look at their additions. They got Bo Allen, Demir um, Byard, <laughs> Nick Folk. Uh, they got Marquise Lee, who opted out. They did get Devin McCourty back, so that was good. Lamar Miller, of course, they got Cam Newton. Who else? Matthew Slater, the special teams player, and just any beside. Not many additions. This is a reset year for New England. I still have them finishing second over Miami just because it's New England. So next up, we have the butt fumble itself, the New York Jets. The New York Jets added Josh Andrews, who was released. Uh, 
Pierre Desir, one year, 5.5 million. They got they get George Faint, um, three years, two 27.3 million. Joe Flacco, <laughs> that's actually funny. Frank Gore, um, Jordan Jenkins, Alex Lewis, uh, Bradley McCall. They let go of Jamal Adams, Dante Myron Creep, Bashard Perriman's good, but this team is just another. Another year of rebuilding, and it feels like the Jets are just in a cycle right now, and they've yet to break out. I think it is important, though, Sam Darnold has a few good games and shows a bit of consistency, even though he probably has a poor offensive line. So, moving on to the AFC North, we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens, who were so good last year, but lost to the Tennessee Titans. So, we're going to start with Calais Campbell, who was acquired from Jacksonville, signed a two-year, $27 million deal. This is a good deal even though it's for a defensive end for Baltimore. Gives them a solid pass rusher if they didn't need one already. DJ Flooker giving us some stability on the offensive line. Pernell McVee. They got Jimmy Smith to help the corner, and then Dara Wolf to go with Calais Campbell. I think it's going to be a good year for Baltimore. Pretty much more of the same. I think they're going to become they're going to be first over Pittsburgh. Looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, they didn't do much. They franchise-tagged A.J. Green. They got DJ Reader, Vaughn Bell, uh, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander, the Minnesota Viking quarterbacks also. I like Mackenzie Alexander's deal, one uh, year, $4 million. I don't know about Trey Waynes, three years, 42 That's eh, I think that's a bit much. But I think same old, same old for Cincinnati. I think they're going to finish last in that division. They're just, they got a rookie quarterback. Hopefully he has a few good games, but I don't see him going that far, especially when you're playing uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh four times. So next up is the Cleveland Browns. Looking at the Cleveland Browns, they have they had Andrew Billings, Adrian Claiborne, Jack Conklin, B.J. Godson, Ronnie Harrison, Rashad Higgins, Austin Hooper, nice tight end, the kicker himself, Kareem Hunt, um, Kevin Johnson, and Carl Joseph, um, Case Keenum, Andrew Sandeo, I like that signing, and Malcolm Smith. I think uh, Cleveland's going to finish third. I just think they don't have it. It's not there. I I yet to see really Baker Mayfield become the quarterback that he was envisioned to be. Uh, a lot of people like this West Coast quarterback style of and a lot of scrambling and being versatile, but Baker Mayfield really hasn't shown that pocket presence and consistency in in his stats. Really, he throws too many interceptions and he's just a bit too inconsistent to me. So I just think Cleveland. I, I think with Baker Mayfield and quarterback, they're not going to go far. I just don't. I think he's overrated, I'll be honest. Next up, we got Pittsburgh, who didn't change much. They got Bud Dupree, Eric Ebron, Derek Watt, Chris Warmly, and Stefan Wisniewski. So, I think this team will finish second. They're they're solid. They're, they're not much has changed. Ryan Shazier rec- uh, retired, of course. But I think this is a good team. They're going to finish second to me. And, yeah, hopefully Ben Roethlisberger can stay healthy because their backup quarterback play stunk. Now to the AFC South, the Houston Texans, who acquired Randall Cobb and Brendan Cooks but lost DeAndre Hopkins, re-signed Kamai Furban. They got Darren Fells. That was a good deal. Philip Gaines, Vernon Har- Hargraves third, David Johnson from that trade, of course, which they got mocked for, A.J. McCarron. Eric Murray, Brent Corval, Bradley Roby's good, and Jalen Watkins. I think this team is going to finish first in their division. They got some good defensive talent, good offensive talent. I think the rest of the division just isn't good enough. 
higher than Tennessee, and I think they actually have it to beat Tennessee. Sometimes you have that sophomore slump, and I think Tennessee's going to have that, especially with Derrick Henry signing this new deal, and he's going to play under pressure now. And really, Tennessee, when they made the playoffs and when they won their one against Kansas City and then um, one against New England, there was no pressure on them. They were playing very loose. Now there's pressure on them, and I just think they're not going to be good enough for first. I think they can definitely get a wildcard spot, but I do think that Houston will show up. So next we got the Indianapolis Colts, who acquired DeForest Buckner. That was a great addition for the first-round pick. And he got an extension with $21 million per season. Trey Burton also came to them. Uh, TJ Carey, uh, Anthony Gastonzo, he's a good offensive tackle, formerly from Kansas City. Sheldon Ray, oh, Xavier Rhodes, as a Vikings fan, I know all about him. And who else but Phillip Rivers. I think this team's going to finish third, and I just don't think they have it. This, is a, this, is, this division's getting better, but they haven't got... They haven't gained too much, really, other than maybe Phillip Rivers. I don't know. DeForest Buckner is good at pass rush, but not much else. So next up we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They signed Tyler Arford to a two-year deal worth uh, about $15.5 million. They got Mike Glennon, Ronnie Gunner, Rashawn Melvin, Tyler Shatley, Chris Thompson, and now let's just cut straight to it. They're finishing last. They're a terrible team. It's pretty funny that they're the only team that allows that had fans allowed just to see if just to see garbage. Imagine you're in Florida, you're desperately wanting to go to a football game, but Jacksonville's so bad that resale tickets are up for twenty bucks after months of not being able to go to a football game. That's how bad Jacksonville is. So next up we have the Tennessee Titans. Uh for they acquired Vic Beasley, Jibdanian Clowney, Kamali Correa. Steven Deskoskowski, they re-signed Derrick Henry, Jonathan Joseph, Trevor Simeon, and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill signed a big extension. Big, big extension. I don't know. That could come to haunt them. I don't know if Tannehill's that good. But uh, looking at them, I'm going to say they're finishing second. I know it's a hot take, but I think they're just... They're, I think Houston's going to have a step up on them this year. But I think they can go far from a wild card spot, just like they did last year. So, looking at the AFC West, first we got the Denver Broncos. They acquired Mark Barron, A.J. Boye for a fourth-round pick, Jarrell Casey, DeMar Dodson, Graham Glasgow, Melvin Gordon, Shelby Harris, and Nick Vannett, and also Sam Martin. So, um, I think this team's going to finish second. Yeah, I think they're going to finish second. Um, Kansas City's too good, and I do think they're better, of course, than Las Vegas and the LA Chargers of course but I just think they're not good enough with the QB play Drew Locke to even come close to Kansas City and uh, here we go we're at Kansas City the team with unlimited funds uh, first it's Bashad Breland he got signed for one year 4.5 they got Taco Charlton that's a good steal for only 125,000 uh, Antoine Hill Chad Henney Chris Jones for a huge deal Daniel Kidhor, Demaris Robinson, Damian Williams back again. And who else but Patrick Mahomes for that $500 million deal. They're going to finish first. They're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. It will be interesting to see if they play Baltimore. So next up we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, first, they signed and released Prince of Mukamara. They got Nelson Aguilar for a million. It should be only like 725000 because he dropped every pass. Um, Devontae Booker, 
Malik Collins, uh, Kyle Emanuel, Jeff Heath, Eric Cush, Nick Kiowatowski to help shore up the linebacking situation, Marcus Mariota. I don't know about that one. Corey Littleton, Carl Nassib, Demarius Randall, who was released after. Theo Riddick I like, and Jason Wynn. I think this team's going to finish third. They're good, but they're not good enough for the playoffs, and they're they're just stuck in the middle, and that's kind of unfortunate. And I, uh, hopefully Derek Carr has a good year this year because he needs to establish himself as the QB of this team after going through injuries. So next up we have the L.A. Chargers. They signed Brian Bulaga, Austin Eckler, Chris Harris, Hunter Henry, Linneval Joseph, and Trey Turner. So for they trade him, they traded uh, Russell Okun for Trey Turner. So I like the progress this team is making, but I still think they need a QB. Uh, they did get Justin Herbert, but I don't know, man. I don't know if Justin Herbert's the answer for this team after years of Phillip Rivers. But they they're taking some good steps. They got a few pieces, but this team still is incomplete they need to get better so this is just another year in the process of rebuilding this team next up is the team that made a lot of moves the dallas cowboys who signed anthony brown at corner haha clint Dix, but they released him after amari cooper got a huge deal instead of going to washington andy dalton for backup qb everson griffin was a great addition cameron irving blake jarwin sean lee um, Joe Looney, Gerald McCoy, who was released after injury, Don Terry Poe, Franchise Tech Dak, Alden Smith, Darian Thompson, Daryl Warry, and Greg Zerline. So, I think this team is going to finish first. I really like their chances in the division. I don't know if uh, Carson Wentz can stay healthy. The Giants aren't going to be that good, neither will the Washington football team. Uh, so, I think they're a really good team. This pro I could see him going nine seven or ten and six at best, but that in the NFC East that's good enough for the playoffs. Next up is the New York Football Giants. They added James Bradbury, Nate Ebner, Tyler Fackrell, Cam Fleming, uh, Graham Gano, John Halipo, Dion Lewis, Blake Martinez, David Mayo, Colt McCoy, Logan Ryan, and all the and Leonard Williams. They also placed franchise tag Lauren Williams. I think they're going to finish last. Hopefully, uh, Daniel Jones has a good year this year and makes some progress, but let's be real. They're trash. Next up is the Philadelphia Eagles, who have been a mess ever since they won the Super Bowl. They got Jatavius Brown, Vinnie Curry, Marquise Godwin, who opted out. That was very unfortunate for them. Javon Hargrave, Ro Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Will Parks, Jason Peters, Derek Big Play Slay, and Nate Gutfield. So... Looking at this team, I think they're going to finish second. And I think they're going to just miss out in the playoffs against Dallas. I think Dallas is just a bit better and a bit more consistent. Next up, we're going to look at the Washington football team. Because they couldn't think of a better name. They're lucky they don't have fans in the stands. They'd probably be booing them. So, uh, they got Kyle Allen, Peyton Barber, Ronald Darby, Sean Davis, who got released. Thomas Davis, Kendall Fuller, Dontrell Inman, J.D. McKissick. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Brendan Sharif, they resigned them, and Wes Schmitzer, they're finishing second last to the Giants. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to have a good year this year. And I think he's going to make some progress, and maybe they go 6-10. and 10. I think at best, 8-8. Eight and eight. That's really, really good for Washington, but I'll, I'll put that as their best-case scenario. Here comes the Chicago Bears. We're moving on to the NFC North. 
So the Chicago Bears acquired Artie Burns, Dion Bush, Mario Edwards, Nick Foles, Tegan Jr., Tashawn Gibson, Jimmy Graham, Demetrius Harris, Jermaine Effetti, Shur Shurik McManus, Robert Quinn, and Danny Trevathan. This is a good team, but I actually see them finishing last. And I think they're not going to be good this year. Mitchell Trubisky, it, whenever he's there, they're not going to be good. Simply put, I don't know why they threw that much money at Jimmy Graham. That is ridiculous. And they threw him a no-trade clause, so they're stuck with him for two years. It makes no sense whatsoever. They need a hard-nosed running back to establish the running game to make Mitchell Trubisky's life easier. And that running back can go with Tariq Cohen, or else they're going to be a failure. And only a failure, really. Chicago, they have good defensive pieces, but they have a crap offense. So next, we have the Detroit Lions. Once again, a team known for failure. Jermano Allison, they signed from Green Bay, who opted out. Jamie Collins, who got ejected today for headbutting an official, quote-unquote. They had Chase Daniel, Dewan Harmon, Javon Curse, Adrian Peterson, the one or allowed go. Reggie Raglan, Daryl Roberts, Danny Shelton, Desmond Trufant, Halapulavatoy Vatai, the guy that played for New England at offensive tackle, five years, 50 million, and Nick Williams. This team's going to finish third. I think they're a good team, but with Green Bay, Minnesota, division, they're not going to match up with them, that's for sure. Again, they're just stuck in complacency. So I, if I'm then, I'm, I'd maybe just tank a year or something like that. They lost Slay, and they did draft Okudo to replace him. I don't know. I just think this team's not good enough. Green Bay didn't do much in for agency. They got Devin Funches, who actually opted out. Christian Kirksey is good. Mercedes Lewis and Rick Wagner. Not too surprising with Green Bay here. Um, last year, they had a big spending off season, uh, acquiring many pieces, including Zedaria Smith, who I know very well as a Vikings fan. I'm going to go Green Bay go second. That may be because of my biases as a Vikings fan, but I think the Vikings could do better. So Green Bay second in the division, first wild card probably. Next up is the Minnesota Vikings who uh, resigned Amir Abdullah, Dan Bailey, and CJ Ham. Anthony Harris got uh, Rashad Hill. They got Yannick Ngakwe, Michael Pierce who opted out, Tajay Sharp, and Eric Wilson. The Vikings have a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving pieces. They had, they took 15 players in the draft. They took nine defensive players. They had Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes leave, which leaves Mike Hughes, um, Hilton, and what's his name? Gladeni? Yeah, Gladeni from TCU. Yeah, so that's what they have at the corner, and that might be their biggest issue, but I think they pull out and uh, come first in this division, but that may be my bias. It seems like always the Vikings are just like, they're good, but they, they don't, they're never Super Bowl contender except the one year they got their ass kicked by the Eagles. Next up is the NFC South. We're dealing with the Atlanta Falcons first. Ever since the Atlanta Falcons have choked in the Super Bowl, they've never been the same since. They acquired Dewan Buchanan, Taylor Davison, Darquise Denard. They got Dante Fowler Jr. back, Todd Gurley, Charles Harris, Hayden Hurst, and Laquan Treadwell. They're going to finish third with a stacked division of Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Tampa Bay and New Orleans are a step above for sure, but they're definitely but Atlanta is definitely a step above above the next team, which is the Carolina Panthers, who got Robbie Anderson, Eli Apple, Trey Boston, Teddy Bridgewater, Farrah Cooper, Seth Devolvey, 
Russell Okun, John Miller, Seth Roberts, P.J. Walker from the XFL, Stephen Weatherly, and Tahir Whitehead. So looking here, I will say fourth. This is just, they're in such a good division, and it's unfortunate because in a division like the AFC East, I could see them going somewhere. In a division like the AFC West, I could see them maybe finishing second. But in this division, they're definitely going to be last. And we're going to move on to the New Orleans Saints who got Drew Bees, Drew Brees, <laughs> Drew Bees, <laughs> that's funny, Anthony Chiquillo, Taysom Hill, Magus Hunt, Malcolm Jen Jenkins, Ty Montgomery, Andres Pete, Emmanuel Sanders, DJ Swinger, P.J. Williams, and Jameis Winston. How about that? Jameis Winston. I got uh, New Orleans finishing second. And that's simply because Tampa Bay finished last in the division last year, so they're going to play teams that are last as part of divisional matchups, and I think that's going to be important. And I think Tampa can beat New Orleans just because they have Tom Brady, Gronk, Shaquille Barrett, and many others, Mike Evans. That, that offense is too good. It's just too good. Next, we have Tampa Bay. They got uh, Shaquille Barrett, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, Leonard Fournette. I forgot to mention him. Gronk, Gabbert, Hag, McCoy, Mentor, Pierre Paul, Shipley, Ryan Smith, Ryan Suckup, and Nadomnik and Sue. Who else? So I think Tampa Bay is going to be solid this year. They're going to finish first, and Tampa Bay is actually going to get a shot at the playoffs, which is pretty big. Just give me a second. Next up. We have the NFC West. So first, we're going to be looking at the Arizona Cardinals. So the Arizona Cardinals added Calvin Beecham, DeAndre Campbell, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald, Marcus Gilbert, DeAndre Hopkins, Devin Kennard, Dre Fitzpatrick, and Jordan Phillips. So they had a few additions, really, on the offensive-defensive end. Really looking at this division, I see them finishing third. I think they can get past the Rams, but I think the 49ers and Seahawks are too good. With Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, that's going to be fun to watch, though. And they have Kenyon Drake, too. That's going to be just fantastic to watch. Next up, we have the L.A. Rams. They got Austin Blythe, Michael Brockers, Leonard Floyd, uh, Ashawn Robinson, and Andrew Whitworth. I think they're going to be last. Okay, so next we're going to look at the San Francisco 49ers. So the San Francisco 49ers acquired Eric Armstead, Tavon Austin, Travis Benjamin, who opted out, Ben Garland, Hornace Guerrero, Deion Jordan, J.J. Nelson, the speedy receiver, Jordan, Jimmy Ward. They also acquired Jimmy Ward, Kevin White, who got released? And Trent Williams, who's a nice addition. I got San Francisco finishing first. It will be close between Seattle and San Francisco, but once again, I have San Francisco just edging out. With the addition of Eric, sorry, re-signing Eric Armstead, getting Table on Austin, getting Deion Jordan, and having Trent Williams, and keeping the pieces that are already there, except for DeForest Buckner, I think this team could turn into something fantastic. So next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks, who acquired Jamal Adam, got Philip Dorsett, Quinn Dunbar, B.J. Finney, they need an offensive line, Josh Gordon, Jacob Hollister, Carlos Hyde, Bruce Irvin, Mikey Potty, Cedric Ogobi, Greg Olson, Jaron Reed, Paul Anderson, and Geno Smith. Looking at this team, I got them finishing second, and they're a really good team. Let's not lie to ourselves. 
but I just think San Francisco's just a bit better. They're that all-around team. Even though they may have a sophomore slump, I think they won't this year. So that's it for the NFL portion. Um, if I were to pick two wild cards for each division, as I said, so the winners I picked were the Buffalo Bills, um, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Houston Texans. If I were to pick wild cards, I'd pick Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Now in the NFC, I picked the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings, bit of a bias pick, but hey, they, they still have a good chance. And I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The wild cards will be New Orleans and Green Bay. So that's it for the NFL portion. It's going to be a great season. I am really excited for that. So now we are about to move on to the MLB. So I really, uh, we're going to go from worst to best. Um, and we're going to take a, take a look at standouts and disappointments and whether I think this team has a chance about making the playoffs. So for the we're gonna start with the Pittsburgh Pirates. This will be quick. Standouts, there wasn't much to pick. I picked Colin Moran. He hasn't been hitting that well, uh, hitting two fifty nine, but he has seven home runs, seven doubles and fourteen walks. On the pitching side, Geoff Hardlip has been really good this season as a relief pitcher. One of the rare good pitchers. 19.1 innings pitched, 1.6 ERA, one home run given up, and last year he had an ERA of 9, but this year he has that good ERA, and he has an ERA of 0.79 against righties, so if you're a righty going up against him, you're not going to get a hit. He's one of the lockdown pitchers. Disappointments, I'm going to go with Trevor Williams, who's been a terrible starter. 1-6, 5.8 ERA, um, point, uh, uh, 9.98 ERA versus righties. Hitters are hitting 288, which is really good. Now, also, I'm going to go with Josh Bell. Josh Bell only has five home runs and 16 RBIs. He does have a 224.224 average, and he strikes out 46 times. and only has 32 hits and only three doubles. That's not good enough if you're the main hitter this, in this team. And he's been part of the reason why Pittsburgh's been this bad. That I think they're going to be finishing dead last. Looking next, we got the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are 17 and 29 as of Saturday. All these all these uh, rankings are up Saturday. So looking at them, standouts, I'm going to go with Christian Walker, um, who's been hitting .277. Six home runs, 30 RBIs. He was good last year, which was his breakout year. But you know what? Out of anyone, I really went with him. Um, pitching, uh, Zach Gallon has been incredible. .2.29 ERA, 55 innings pitched. Hitters only hit .190 against them. 60 strikeouts. That is really impressive. For disappointments, I'm going to go with Madison, Bumgarner, and Robbie Ray. Two stars that were expected to be good. Of course, Robbie Ray got traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. But I, you'd think they'd be really good this year, and they're solid stars. But Madison Bumgarner, he's only pitched 26 innings. But he has 0-4 with a 7.52 ERA, while Robbie Ray is 7.84 ERA, 31 innings pitched. So next up is the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to go with standouts. Rafael Devers and Alexander Bogarts both have 10 homers. Both have an uh, average of over 2.270. Both have been really good. And if I were to go to disappointments, it, it's literally the whole pitching staff has been god-awful. This team losing Mookie Betts and David Price has really haunted this team. And just, they've, they've lost their wheels, man. Next up is the Texas Rangers. No surprises here. They're 15-29. and 29. Standouts, I'll go with Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's been incredible. 2.52 ERA, 64 innings pitched, 
.98 average hitters have against him. That is really impressive. Disappointments, the rest of the team has been terrible. Next up is Kansas City. Jorge Soler and Whit Merrifield have had good years. Eight home, uh, they're 18-28. and 28. Eight home runs, 22 RBIs, .235 average, and 35 walks for Jorge Soler. Disappointments, the rest of the team except Whit Merrifield. So next up we have the LA Angels. This has been a disappointing season for them, really. They've only had three standouts, I think, this year. Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, they average about 300, have 24 home runs combined, and they carry the offense. And they've had 56 walks combined together. They've been on base a lot. And if I were to go, also another one would be Dylan uh, Blundy. He's been the only good starting pitcher with a 5-2 and two record, 2.480 ERA with 58 innings pitched and 67 strikeouts. If I were to go with disappointments, I'd go with the others. The others have not been good. If the supporting cast was half decent, the Angels would be a contender with the Astros playing poorly. Next up, we have the Seattle Mariners. The standouts have been Kyle Lewis, and the rest of the team has been god-awful. Him and Seeker have been good. Kyle Lewis is hanging .299, has 9 home runs and 23 RBIs. It's been a good year for him. Washington, The Washington Nationals... The standouts are Juan Soto and Trey Turner. No surprise here. These two are carrying this team hitting-wise. Disappointments, Annabelle Sanchez has been poor. And losing Randon and Strasburg have really hurt this team. Next up is the Detroit Tigers. I'm a big Tigers fan, so this one's personal. Really looking at this team, they've been playing really well compared to what they were expected to do. For standouts, I had to go with Jim Cardinalario, who has 7 home runs and 28 RBIs. He's hitting 327. That is impressive. So is Jonathan Scope. He's been a great signing for Alavila. 8 home runs, 23 RBIs, and a .283 average. Uh, Spencer Turnbull has also been really good with the 3.32 ERA. And Brian Garcia, who's really came into the role as the closer, after Joey Jimenez has been playing poorly. He's one of my disappointments. And he has a 1.56 ERA. Disappointments, I go with Joe Jimenez and Matthew Boyd. Joe Jimenez has just not been pitching good lately, giving up a lot of contact. Matthew Boyd has been hit around a lot, gives up a lot of home runs. He has great potential. He's starting to get back on track, but I still view him as a big-time disappointment. Next up, we go with the Milwaukee Brewers. Standouts, I go with Jed Gurko, 2.290 average, uh, 7 home runs, 12 RBIs. Devin Williams has a 0.5 year rate in 18 innings pitched, 37 strikeouts, and only 5 hits allowed. That's lockdown for a relief pitcher. And then for a starting pitcher, I decided to go with Corbin Burns, who has a 1.99 ERA, 49 innings pitched, and 64 strikeouts, which is really impressive thinking of it. Almost 2 strikeouts per 3 innings. Sorry, per 3 outs. Next up, we're going to go with the Cincinnati Reds, who have Jesse Winokur has been really good. 10 home runs, 26 RBIs, and a .276 average. So for also another one has been Trevor Bauer. He's been the true ace. He has a 1.74 ERA through 51 innings pitched and 71 strikeouts. If I were to go with the disappointment, really, with the Reds, it would be the hitting. The hitting has just not been good. Rockies, nothing surprising here. The standouts have been the big three, I call them. Arenado, Story, and Blackman have been fantastic this season, just like they have to be, but their bullpen is what brings them down, and it's going to be the same with the next team here, as the Rockies are 21-23, the 21-24 and 24 Mets. Their standouts are Michael Conforto, who has .341 average. Dominic Smith has a .328 average. 
Conforto has nine home runs. Smith has eight home runs. And Jacob DeGrom, who has a 1.67 year, right? He's being the ace he needs to be. The disappointments, just like every year, the Mets have a terrible bullpen. And this is what brings them down, and this is what really makes them a pretender instead of a contender. After that, we got the surprising Baltimore Orioles, who are 20-25 and 25 and are in the race for a wild-card spot. Anthony Santander has 11 home runs, 32 RBIs, and a .261 average. And Renato Nunez has 10 home runs, 24 RBIs, and a .245 average. He's been fantastic. Tanner Scott also has been a good uh, both relief pitcher with 18 innings pitched and a 1.5 ERA. Not many disappointments considering the expectations really for Baltimore, but if I were to go on, I'd go with Asher Wojomaski and Alex Cobb have been both bad. One a relief pitcher, one a starting pitcher. Uh, after is a surprising team also. The Miami Marlins are 21-20, and 20, ladies and gentlemen. They have a winning record. Derek Jeter looks like a genius, even though he did nothing. Uh, standouts like well, Brian Anderson. He has six home runs and 24 RBIs. He has a .270 average. And Sexto Sanchez has been fantastic as a relief pitcher. Sorry, I think he's a starter. 1.80 RA, 25 innings pitch, and he's 2-1. But if I were to go to disappointment, I think it would be Pablo Lopez, who is expected to be good this season. But he's 3-4 and four and has a 4.5 year rate. Next up has been the Houston Astros, who have not been good. Um... Having your Don Alvarez out has not helped them, but I for standouts, I'd probably go with Kyle Tucker, who has eight home runs, 37 RBIs, and a .259 average. Andre Scrub has been a good relief pitcher who's 18 innings pitched, a 1.47 ERA, and 10 strikeouts, and only 10 hits allowed. His only issue, I think, is he's given up 19 walks, which is a lot, but, you know, it shows when runners are on, he can still come through in the clutch. Disappointments have been Jose Altuve and George Springer have not been hitting the ball, especially Jose Altuve, who's been hitting .224. I think he only has two home runs. That's just not good enough from a leader as, as their second baseman. You need to be good as a leadoff hitter. You need to get on, at least get on base because you're a fast runner. You can steal bases. You can get runs for your team. Another disappointment has been Lance McCullers, 5.79 ERA in 37 innings pitch is really bad for what was a pretty good starter. And with Garrett Cole injured, you need someone to step up into that second role, and he's done everything but that. So next up, we're going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies, who are in a race with the Miami Marlins for that second spot in that division. Standouts, Alex Bohm has been amazing. Andrew McCutcheon has been amazing. And Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler have been two great starting pitchers. Both have 50-plus innings, and their ERA is under 2.5. Bohm has eight home runs, 21 RBIs, and a .313 average, while Andrew McCushion has 13 home runs. That's really impressive. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates fans must be pissed. 29 RBIs and .266 average. Disappointments? We got to go with Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. Bryce Harper, first contract, has been so bad. It'd be good for an average player, but for him it's awful. Reese Hoskins has been much better. Jake Arrieta has a 5.54 ERA. He's supposed to be one of your main pitchers. He's supposed to have a great staff, but if Jay Garrietta has been underperforming, he's 3-4 and four also. So, next up is the Giants, who have won 15 of their past 21 after going on a big losing streak. Well, this may have somewhat to deal with um, playing all your 11 games against Arizona. It's still pretty impressive, nevertheless. San Francisco Giants really have good hitting. From Flores to Dickerson to Belt to Yastrzemski and Longoria, they've all been the main guys hitting the ball very well, all consistent. I had to mention them all. And they've had great relief pitching from Tony Watson and San Selmans. But a disappointment has been their starting pitcher, 
pitching has not been there. And I think that's what's going to hinder them, and there's going to be an average team that doesn't make the playoffs. So next up, we're going to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, who are 19-19. and They hadn't played in two weeks. They're playing a bunch of doubleheaders. So we don't know much about them compared to other teams, but I'm going to say Austin Gomber. Gomber has been pretty good, and Quan Young Kim has been pretty good. For disappointments, we can't really say much because there hasn't been much hitting. So we'll see what happens with them. Right now they're in a battle with Milwaukee over the second spot, but they have more games to play, so they determine their own fate. So that will be interesting to see. Let me just get a drink for a sec. You know I got to have my Coca-Cola, man. You know, for them, for those who know, you know I got to have my Coke. We out here tonight, first episode. Okay, so next we got the Toronto Blue Jays. And it's been a very interesting season for the Toronto Blue Jays. They did not start out well, but they've been pushing, pushing, and guess what? They're ahead of the Yankees in the standings. And I believe they're 25 and 21. I think around that. So standouts, Teoscar Hernandez had 14 home runs and 37 RBIs before he got injured. A .308 average. He was hitting the ball. And his approach to the plate was beautiful. And I think Randall Grichik also has had a much better approach to the plate. And he has nine home runs and 27 RBIs with the .273 average. He's, they've both been really good. So looking at all the more standouts, we'll go with uh, Jordan Romano and Thomas Hatch have been stepping it up in the bullpen. Really that whole bullpen has been stepping it up. A.J. Cole, Bass, K. They've all been really good with the injury of Ken Giles and Delise. And it's really unselfish, their bullpen. They don't have no definitive closer, really. So next, we're going to be looking at the Chicago Cubs. They are 26-20. and 20. This is really the first big, good team. Really, really good team that I think is a World Series contender. Looking at this team, standouts, Ian Happ has been fantastic for them. He's been stepping it up lately at center field. 12 home runs, 27 RBIs with a .277 average, .972 OPS. And then you Darvish with some Cy Young material stuff, seven and two point one point seven seven ERA, thirty-eight hits allowed in fifty-six innings pitched, and seventy-two strikeouts. Disappointments, I think Javier Baez has not been hitting the ball well, point one nine nine. He's just a good fielder, really, and I think he's really overrated to be honest. Just because you're a good fielder does not mean you're a good overall player. You need to get the hitting going with it. And it, he kind of reminds me of Jose Iglesias. They those two play similar. Except Baez this year has been worse hitting than Jose Iglesias. So next, we're going to have the Chicago White Sox. Um, this team has been fantastic all year. They've broken up the hitting. So I listed a few names. First, Jose Abreu. Incredible numbers. When you hit over 300 and you have over uh, 15 home runs, you're impressive. Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert have also been stepping it up hitting-wise. Keiko, Cease, and Guliato have been great. Probably go for a disappointment. This will be a surprising move. But I think Edwin Encarnacion, even though he has eight home runs and six RBIs, hitting .177, that's not good enough to me. I think he, is a, he has a really good power bat. He should be doing better than that. Next up, we're going to go with the Cleveland Indians, who, who are fighting with the Chicago White Sox. For their standouts, I have Fermil Reyes, who has eight home runs and 25 RBIs. Shane Bieber has been putting Cy Young stuff out, man. 102 strikeouts, guys, in 64 innings. That is crazy. I, I can't believe that. 7-1 of 
1.53 ERAs. Nasty. Those 102 strikeouts leads the league by 20 strikeouts. If I were to pick a disappointment, i go with Carlos Santana, who has a .199 average and has only 5 home runs and 20 RBIs, even though he's known to be a power bat. So next up, we're going to go with the Minnesota Twins, who are competing with the Indians and White Sox, the last of the big three. So standouts, I'd go with Nelson Cruz, who has 15 home runs and 31 RBIs and has a .329 average, a .417 on base percentage. So he hits well with runners on base, and it's very important. Kansa Maeda has been a great starting pitcher. He has 5-1, 2.43 ERA, and 55 innings pitched. If I were to go with the disappointment, I'd say maybe Jose Barrios. I don't really know. There hasn't been many disappointments with the Twins. It's been a solid year for them. And you know what? They're contending. They're contending. They're there. They're there. Just give me a second. Sorry, my throat's acting up. Next up, we have the Oakland Athletics, the Moneyball team itself. And if I were to go to the positive, their whole bullpen has been great. They have 10 relievers. All their 10 relievers have an ERA of 2.7 or under. That is just incredible. Jake Dykeman's the standout. He hasn't given up a run in 16 innings. That's crazy. They have some decent hitting with Matt Chavin and Matt Olson. This is what makes them a contender. When you have good bullpen pitching and you have a few good hitters that can muster out a run or two, that's that's really that's really good. That's going to bring you success in the postseason because there's a lot of low-scoring games in the postseason. So disappointments, I'll go with Marcus Simeon, who has 5 home runs, 13 RBIs on .217 hitting average. He is a, he's a good hitter, man. He, I think he's better than that. So if I were to go, so next, sorry, is the San Diego Padres. And if I were to go for standouts, it's got to be Machado, Will Myers, and Tatis Jr. who are carrying this team. It's unfortunate that the Dodgers are in this division. It's a good thing there's eight teams in this format because they deserve to be a division winner the way they're playing. Chris Paddock is my discipline. Also, uh, Denelson, Lamette, and Zach Davies have been really good pitchers for them. Chris Paddock has been a disappointment for the San Diego Padres. He's 3-4 and four and has a 4.74 ERA. And I think he just got injured, so that's unfortunate for them. Two more teams left at number two. We got the Tampa Bay Rays. They've just been consistent. Everyone across the board is good. Not great, but good. And it's surprising to see, but it's a good from a small market team. Oakland and Tampa, the two small market teams that can get it together. And it's been fantastic to see a small, two small market teams have back-to-back -back good seasons that are going to make the playoffs. And not only make the playoffs, they're going to be a top team in their division. If I were to go with the disappointment, I'd just say maybe Blake Snell didn't have a breakout year. He's supposed to be their ace, and he's been playing average at best. And who else would I go with number one, but who else but the Dodgers? The Dodgers are just stacked. Year after year of make, making it so close, but being so far. Could this be the year? Could this be the year the Dodgers win it all? They've gone all in. And it, there's so many standouts to go with, but I just went with a few here. Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, A.J. Pollock, Max Manshaw, Ma Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, and Dustin May. All have been great. All of them. They ju they're just stacked. They're like an all-star team. They got, they got all the Infinity Stones. They just need that last one, that 6-1, which is that championship. They got, they got all five, but they need the last one. So, disappointments, zero. Nothing. There's nothing disappointing about this team. They are 32-13, and, and they're just stacked. They're absolutely stacked. 
So, here's my predictions for who's going to make it and who's going to break it. In the AL West, I got Oakland and Houston 1-2. In the AL Central, Central, I actually have Chicago and Minnesota. I think Cleveland is going to be just short. They've had a breakout season. It's been pretty good, but I just think Chicago and Minnesota are two great hitting teams, and they're going to come through. In the AL East, I got Tampa Bay, and I think Toronto's going to hold that number two seed. And you're going to sp- this is going to be surprising on the wild card. I got Cleveland and Detroit. I have the Yankees missing the playoffs. Imagine the scenes. You signed Garrett Cole. You have Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, and you missed the playoffs. That would be crazy. I'm telling you, that would be crazy. Oh, yeah, I forgot to do the. I think I forgot to do the Yankees. But looking at the Yankees, um, they have Luke Voigt, who's at 16 home runs and 37 RBIs. They have Zach Brendan, or weaknesses, injuries. Let me just list the Yankees' injuries here. They have Jonathan Loisiga, Saiga, Giancarlo Stanton, James Paxton, Aaron Judge, Gio Yershula, Tommy Cannell, Luis Severiano, and Dan Torringer. A lot of key players there, especially Paxton, Judge, and Stan. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. I think Detroit, they play Kansas City twice. They can win. They can sweep both series. I think they can pass the Yankees. I really do. So in the NL East, we have Atlanta 1, and I think Philadelphia will just outlast Miami. In the NL Central, we got Chicago and Milwaukee. In the NL West, and really, I think I like Milwaukee because I think Christian Yelich is going to break out. He's been slumping, and he's going to break out. In the NL West, we got the Dodgers and the Padres. And in the wild card, I got Miami and St. Louis. So that'll be interesting. Miami playing the Dodgers. Miami Marlins making the playoffs. Man, that would be interesting. So that's it for the MLB section. So I'm going to quickly talk about, let's talk about some basketball here. So I'm a big Raptors fan, and I think a good amount of you know that. And let's just say Game 7 was extremely disappointing. I love this team was built to beat the Celtics. This team was built to beat the Celtics. Let's just keep it a beam, man. We were built to win. We did not need Kawhi. And really, I talking to my friends, I said the key was OG Agnobi and Norman Powell. Those two had to play good. Because OG was on Tatum. And Norm was with Jalen Brown. And Norm can come off the bench and be that guy that's good. Both of them were fantastic, but Pascal Siakam, man, Pascal Siakam was awful. He's so trash. I, I honestly think, why are they giving this guy the last shot? Like, come on. This dude spins more than Beyblades, man. In the post, he's not patient enough. He's just not feeling it. While Serge Ibaka's on the floor, he can stretch the floor, he can get in the paint, and he can go up straight. Surge was beasting and feasting in Game 7, and yet they had to put him in when Lowry fouled out? It's ridiculous, man. We had the series. We had them. We had them. We only had 18. We had 18 turnovers. It was a one-point game, and Norm Powell got blocked. And Norm Powell couldn't get the rebound because Tatum actually hustles unlike him. You put a Baca on the floor, and it's a different story. Norm isn't covering Tatum no more. Norm probably covers Kimba, or Norm covers Jalen Brown. And then OG, OG covers Tatum. But of course, of course, you don't do that as Nick Nurse. And you let them run. Lowry's out the game. Why are you letting them run? Call the timeout and run a play. 
Run a play. Come on now, man. Run a play. Man, I don't, I don't get them. Sorry if I'm venting as a Raptors fan, but this is frustrating because you know you're going to have these fans saying, You need a Kawhi. You need a Kawhi to win. Uh, Kawhi this, Kawhi that. But man, we had them. We had them. And next year, we got to come strong better. We probably ain't going to have a Baca next year. We need a big to be up. We need a backup big. That's the most important thing. A Baca was the only backup big, and I don't think he was good enough. And this small ball crap was garbage. I think Abaka has to come in the floor. It doesn't matter if you put him in pick and roll defense. He can take Tice. Abaka's a fine defender. He's a fine defender. But they had to leave Pascal Siakam in the game. The construction, wor construction worker himself. I don't get it. And it's really frustrating. And next year, the Raptors are probably going to lose at least Abaka, Gasol, maybe Lowry. Hopefully we, we get Van Vliet back because I have a Van Vliet jersey, so... I don't want to have to trade that back in. So, it was a good win for the Celtics, and I think they're going to get past the Miami Heat. I really like how they're how they're playing, and they look like a great team. Jalen Brown played fantastic against Pascal Siakam, and you have to give credit where it's due. He just locked him down. There was a few moments where Pascal was good, but Jalen Brown was all over him. Kyle Lowry also played fantastic for the Raptors. He he is a leader. And this, this series showed he's a Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. Six-time All-Star, NBA champion. One of the best defensive players in the league. So I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer. There, there, you can't doubt it, man. He's been so great with Toronto. So let's move on to the Rockets-Lakers series. Let's talk about that a bit. So I like the Lakers. I don't actually know. Let me rephrase it. I don't like the Lakers, but I definitely like them against Houston because I needed this small ball stuff to die. Centers are still valuable in the league, and they can still protect the paint. If you're Houston, why don't you just trade for a shooting center? Like I, I don't get it. Just trade for someone who can shoot front. That's big. P.J. Tucker can play the four. Get a good center that can play the five that can shoot. It's easy to do. A lot of bigs are able to shoot. I'd look to trade up in the draft again, maybe someone like that. If you really want to. I just think that Clint Capella trade really ruined them. It ruined them. P.J. Tucker's a great corner shooter. Darrell House Jr. See, Darrell House Jr., man. I feel I feel bad for him because there's no video evidence against him. And now his wife thinks he's cheating. So, and my condolences to that guy. So, the Lakers did a good job. LeBron played really good and Anthony Davis exposed them. That's what you need. You need a big... That can just post them up or fade away. Take them in the post, hit them with that fade, maybe pop a three. But AD was just running the show. And whenever Houston could create something offensively because AD could play good defense, they would just run down the floor and actually, you know it's over when Danny Green's playing good. Danny Green, for some reason, the past two playoffs have not been good. And I got an autograph for Danny Green when he was with the Raptors last year, so even I admit that. He was really bad. But I, it, when James Harden says they are a piece away, he's not lying. They are a piece away. They're a big away. They need a big guy, and they need and James need to get Russell Westbrook off that team. Russell Westbrook is an attack-minded point guard. He's not built for this league. He needs to get his three back. He's useless. Two ball handlers on the ball is not good for Houston. James Harden and a big with shooters around him is better than that. 
Russell Westbrook made it way easier for, for the defense to set up. Because they knew they didn't have to guard him. They knew they didn't have to guard him. So that's my opinion on that series. Lakers take a 4-1. And we'll see who they play. As the Denver Nuggets won, the, the Clippers blew another lead. I, I still got the Clippers winning. I, I cannot see them losing in seven. Kawhi Leonard is not a choke artist. And he, he finds ways to win. But credit to Denver. This is a they were a really good team, and drafting Michael Porter Jr. was so good for them. I told my friends earlier. I said this guy's gonna be incredible. He has a big injury, but he has the talent. He's from Missouri. He's a good kid. And look, do you see that dagger in Game Five? Woo-hoo-hoo. In Game Five, the really the Clippers were just missing their shots because they had some open looks, man. And they 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 beat themselves. They beat themselves. And we'll see what they do in Game 7. But against the Lakers, I like the Clippers. I love the Clippers because they have a lineup that can play each time. It's just whether they can convert. It's whether they can convert, man. They're kicking themselves. It's so unfortunate to see because I don't want to see LeBron win. I can't stand LeBron. I honestly can't. So that's my thoughts on that series. If I were to predict, I think that the Clippers will win. Clippers are going to play the Lakers, and the Clippers are going to play the Celtics in the final. And in the final, I think the Clippers are going to take it. If really Kawhi has the heart of a champion, he's going to show it because he's going to carry this team to another win. And I like the pieces they have around, including Lou Will, Marcus Morris Sr. Even PG's playing good. They're just kicking themselves, man. They're kicking themselves. Even Reggie Jackson's been pretty good. And Pat Bev. So, thank you guys for watching. Um... I'm going to save some stuff for later. Ne next week, we're going to come back on Back It Up, and we're going to talk about the NFL, how it went, talk about the NBA uh, Conference Finals and how those are going. Maybe we'll talk a bit of hockey, and the Premier League is back, so maybe I'll get on to about that. For next time, this is NSG. God bless you. Have a good rest of the weekend, and peace. Like, comment, and subscribe, please of this channel. Probably we'll get a FIFA career mode video going tomorrow for Southampton.